Good morning or afternoon whenever you are listening to this. Welcome back to the High Button Podcast. If you or someone you know would like to advertise with us here at High Button Sports, make sure to email thehighbutton at gmail.com. With affordable rates, huge reach here in the Atlantic provinces, High Button Sports will make sure that we get your company seen, noticed, heard, and most importantly, connected with our fan base. Remember, email thehighbutton at gmail.com if you would like to advertise with us here at High Button Sports. With visuals, with audio, we are able to beat the competition, which is radio where only audio comes into play, where billboards where they just stand in one spot. Here at High Button Sports, we're going to be able to give you visuals of your company, audio advertising here on the podcast, and plenty of options for you to be seen and heard. If you could do us a quick favor, head on over to the Apple iTunes app, leave us a comment, a star rating. It's little things like that that allow the high button brand to grow without you having to give us any money, without you having to get up off the couch, without you having to get out of bed. All you have to do is go to your phone or laptop, go to the podcast app, leave us a comment, leave us a star rating, and you will help this company grow. Thank you very much. Today on the High Button Podcast, we have Gareth McDonald. Gareth is the play-by-play broadcaster for the Halifax Mooseheads. Gareth is extremely good at his job. I love listening to him whenever I'm not able to attend the games. Gareth and I met, I think, at the Memorial Cup about two years ago. We had a great conversation, and I couldn't wait for him to come on the podcast. So today's that day. We are listening to the High Button Podcast. Gareth McDonald, Justin Belanger, myself. Here we go. You know what comes next. All right, Gareth, we are going. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Hi, Button Belly. How many? How you haven't been talking into a microphone this past summer, though? So that's the. This must be good. This is, uh, yeah. This is bringing me back. I'm yeah. back in, uh, back in a good place. No, it it, it hasn't been since uh, since March. So, so good yeah. to be back. Yeah, good to be back. Thanks for having me. No, no worries. I got, a, I got a haircut for this podcast. I saw you had like a big beard too on I Instagram. Did. What yeah. happened to that? I got rid of the beard. You're I like, got rid of the hair. Like I was for it was the longest I think my hair has ever been. I had a, you know six months of Flovid nineteen. Flovid. Well, you couldn't get a haircut anywhere. No, unless you, you got the wife to do it. Yeah. So I'm, I was thinking, you know, I think a lot of the time when people when they let their hair grow, I think a lot of guys, especially guys around hockey, you think you're gonna have that great <laughs> hockey hair, and it's. I was kind of thinking I was going to maybe get like a Brock Besser thing going, but yeah. <laughs> I, I talked to a couple of people like, uh, and they said, yeah, you, you know, your, your hair, it's really growing. Like, look how, look how long that's getting. And I was thinking, yeah, it's looking, it's looking pretty good. And you kind of look like, like, yeah, who, who kind of look like Ace Ventura. Yeah. Kind of, that's an I Ace like Ventura that. thing going. So yeah, that, that's why I got the haircut today. Love it. Looks good. Thank you. Should have kept the beard though. I like the beard. The beard looked good. A little Elliot Freeman going. I might. Uh, I might have to bring that back at some point. That looks good. Um, so the, when the season got cut off in March, did you have any? Uh, I guess any inside scoop on it, or were you just like the rest of us, just getting, you know, finding out in the dark? Yeah, I mean, not. Uh, I guess I wasn't. Well, no, I, that's not true. I was going to say I wasn't totally surprised. I think that everybody, you kind of saw it coming. I, I remember we were. We had a Quebec road trip at the end of February, and I know there was there was a bit of talk. People were people were discussing it anyway. It was on everybody's radar. I mean, obviously, it was on all the newscasts, but um, yeah, just I mean, going around Quebec. I, I think even at that point, there there weren't like a ton of confirmed cases. I don't even know if there was a, a confirmed case at that point in Quebec. But it was no. kind of like one of those things. Yeah. Everybody everybody kind of saw it coming, but. It uh, it all happened really fast. I mean, we were over in in Charlottetown, I think, in 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 mid March. We we played a game over there. I think it was like a, a Tuesday night. And yeah. The next day was the the Rudy Gobert game at, in the NBA yeah. that kind of shut down the planet. Yeah. And uh, and yeah. So I mean, I think it. You know, I think once you saw the NBA shut down, that everybody you kind of read between the lines i think at that point yeah and uh yeah it seemed like the writing was on the wall because i remember there was during the the u sports nationals that were there so you guys were out of the town 
when that happened. And I remember there was just a nervous energy in the air. Anytime anyone sneezed or coughed or anything up in the media booth, it was just, eh, keep your distance from me. Yeah. There was just something in the air that wasn't right. Yeah, that was, uh, I mean, that was tough, obviously, for all the teams involved in that. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah, that kind of blindsided everybody, I think, at that point, because you, you get there and, you know, the puck is dropped and, it seems like uh, like you're good to go. So yeah, I know that was definitely disappointing for for a lot of people involved with uh, with that event. You said that you were in Quebec. Sorry, when all this happened? Uh, no, we we were actually no, we we were back at that point. I think we we uh, we played like a, a Tuesday night game. The Moose played a Tuesday night game. And, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I wasn't on. With the, the flow, you're the player now. The, you got the know, hockey hair. You're I back felt, on the you're on the team. I was looking good out there. <laughs> no, I uh, yeah. So it was like a Tuesday night game, and uh, yeah, like I said, I think it was like the next night was that nba game that kind of shut everything down and um but no we were around uh, what i was saying about quebec we, we had been there a couple of weeks earlier it was like right at the end of february yeah and around march march 1st i think there was a game in shawinigan but but uh yeah I, re- I remember going around and you're kind of shaking people's hand and you're like i don't know if i should be doing that right now so uh so yeah it's uh it's it's been away it's been a wild few months when you ever you do go to Quebec, what's the name of Quebec's rink up there? Uh, for, for the, the new one, the Videotron Center. The Videotron Center. How much fun is it calling a game in there, or is it maybe a little bit more challenging because it's, I don't know, too big? Well, yeah, it's. I mean, you get in there, you're on, you're on that, uh, you know, that ground, that ground floor, that uh, you know, the basement level essentially. And yeah. You go to, you go to head up to the press box, and you gotta hit floor seven on the elevator. I mean, seven you floors. you are way up there, like big time and it's it's an unbelievable rink like it's completely ready to yeah. be an nhl facility there's no, no doubt but it's uh and they they like they they do you know the mooseheads and and the in quebec the, the rampart they're they're right there it's the the attendance two top teams uh in the queue for sure but the rink seats about 19,000 people i think and uh you know when you're averaging around 10 though for for a Q game, it just it, it means that there are, there is some you yeah. know some uh, there are some sections at the top that are that are tarped off. So when you're you're way up there and there's not a whole lot going on down below you, it uh, it can feel like a bit of a vacuum up there. Plus you're far away, so you definitely feel a little removed from, from everything. Yeah. So it's one of the good things. So and, and uh, they, this has been uh, I, I had it a, a few times there. It was set up. There was one time I think I couldn't find that connection but they they do um they do give you uh, an ambient mic like uh input so you can plug that into to your tie line system which is what we use and you can get basically it's the overhead overhead mics down at ice level um, okay so you, you get to hear some of the sounds of the game and you're a little yeah. closer to the crowd so, yeah so when you plug that in it doesn't feel so the call doesn't feel so hollow to people that are listening and you don't feel so awkward just hearing your own voice right mm. in, in in complete silence yeah. which can be uh, again a pretty awkward way to to call the game which uh, i think now uh some of the guys calling you know, some of these nhl playoff games are they're obviously pretty aware of that well i was gonna say you should try to get used to it now because i know the q announced they're coming back quebec said no fans maritime did they announce anything yet with fans or no fans i don't think that there has been a decision made okay at least not one that uh, that i'm aware of but it did sound uh you know it, it certainly sounds like uh, no fans. Yeah, no. Well, no. It, it sounds like you know that's it's on the it's it's on the table right now. That yeah. uh, it's on the table right now for for the public health authorities here in the three maritime provinces. So we'll see what happens. I I, I don't know. I mean, obviously things things have been pretty tight, uh, especially here in Nova Scotia. So so I'm not sure how to read into that. I have not. I'm not sure what to expect. Obviously, fans would would love to would love to go to those games uh, even I'm if it's sure. half the rink yeah. 25% i mean who who knows Something. What, what, but you know they've got a, obviously the mooseheads uh, folks down at the scotia bank center they do an unbelievable job i mean the business office with the mooseheads if there's a way to do it uh, safely and uh, and and you know and properly you know they're going to come up with a with a great plan to yeah. to uh, address some of those physical distancing 
uh, needs that uh, will certainly arise. Talk about uh, a feel of a rink when it comes to calling the game. Actually, I'll just ask you about the Scotiabank Centre. How, how do you find the feel of calling the game? I love being a fan and going and watching when it's a packed rink. It, it's a it's an unbelievable experience here in Halifax. What's it like calling a game? Because essentially, you have to you have to give a feel for people that are listening in their car. Yeah, you know, people that are sitting in their house listening to it on the radio. Like, how, how do you give a feel through your voice to the people listening? Yeah, it's. I, I think that you can really build off of the atmosphere. I mean, the. I, I think when you when you see uh, a lot of the polls that that the league does or some some media outlets about rinks that players with other teams like to play in or or might be intimidated to play in, I, Scotiabank Center is always on that list. That's right? awesome. It's the fans and fans in Halifax are unbelievable. And it's, yeah. I think that's that's why. You know, it's why the Mooseheads have been successful. It's it's why maritime expansion here in the queue, I think, has been successful. It's the the Mooseheads are just such an unbelievable success story here in uh, in this city. And uh, you know, the city obviously in, embraced them back in '94, and that's continued. And so it's it's a, I mean, it's an absolute blast. Uh, I mean, you were you were at the Memorial Cup. It's in terms of an atmosphere and you know, just a sports environment to to be a part of it doesn't doesn't get much better than that no. right i remember we were sitting there i was standing down by like the the opposite end of the zamboni gates when you first walk into the players entrance there yeah. and i remember i was there next to mavs and we were just sitting there watching warm up on the mooseheads end when they were warming up and i just looked at them i was like man how lucky are we just to be able to come in here for free and watch this and get to report on it and get to talk to these players and experience everything and it was just a moment I'll, I'll never forget. And it was a moment where I was like, yeah, I want to do this for a long period of time because I, I just felt so fortunate and so almost blessed to be there. It was it was a cool thing, that Mem Cup. And that's yeah. where I met you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, and th- that was, I mean, being kind of in that environment, that was, uh, I guess, you know, for myself, I, I always kind of wanted to get involved in, in play-by-play. I wanted to do sports and uh, you know, I think going to, to Moosehead's games here when, when I'd be in the city as a kid, you, you get to be a part of that, that atmosphere and you get to experience that firsthand, and that's awesome. But one of the, the first big events that, uh, you know, because I graduated from university and I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do, I went to, um, it's funny you mentioned Mavs. Mavs actually called me. I'd done some public relations uh, volunteer gigs with with Mavs before and and he called me up right before the 2008 men's world hockey championship and I ended up getting to go down there and kind of work behind the scenes and it's kind of the same thing that you just said right there it was uh, I went to I I was uh, yeah doing some media relations for that and it was pretty much after day one I said this is this is what I always wanted to do I got to go back to school to do this so pretty much the next day I went uh, I went over to uh yeah, graduated from Kings, but went over to NSCC, and I said, I want to do radio and television arts here. I want to do broadcasting. This is just unbelievable. So that was, uh, yeah, it's just funny that you say that that, that kind of gave you the bug or kind of solidified what you oh, thought you wanted to do, and that was time. definitely the 2008 Men's World Hockey Championship was, uh, was the same thing for me. That's awesome. I love hearing that. I don't have a, uh, other people out there have similar stories to me. It's a, it's a good feeling. No, it's like a, a sense of community. You know, when I go into those Moosehead games, I've, or not, I guess we don't have media for the Moosehead games, but that Mem Cup, the the amount of people that we meant, uh, met, I, I had a, a huge sense of community. That's where I met Mavs. That's where I met you. That's where I met the equipment manager for Cape Breton. It's where I met, um, you know, so many other people in the industry that I knew of, but never had the opportunity to shake their hand, get to know their story. It, it was just a, an eye-opening experience for me and dudes that was there too. It, it was unreal. Very, very cool. So I guess I want to ask you about uh, your route to, to, to where you are now. You said you went to King's College, that you went to NSCC for, for broadcasting, but as soon as you're done that, you still need to make a name for yourself because anyone can go to school, get the degree, and, and do that. But what do you think you did to almost separate yourself to, in order to be where you are now? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a certain level of it's probably hard work, and another level is just getting, uh, you know, you get lucky, right? I yeah. think that you, things break your way, and I, I think that... Yeah, that kind of worked out for me uh, after. So, basically, the way that uh, the way that the NSCC program, uh, yeah, the program works is you're supposed to do like an internship after your first year. At, like at the end of that uh, first year, you do yeah. an internship, then you're supposed to do a couple more in your your second year. And um, yeah, it's I think that after heading into 
the end of, uh, I guess at the end of my first year, uh, I, I wasn't exactly sure what I what I was going to do. I, I wasn't. I was thinking possibly radio, but uh, you know, I didn't have a a, a plan. I, I wasn't. Uh, yeah, I wasn't a hundred percent sold on on uh, on an option or or an outlet, and I hadn't got a lot of letters out there. But anyway, I guess uh, I'm, I'm rambling here. Oh, that's but fine. I ended up. Uh, Can I interrupt you for a sec? How sure. old were you when you were at that decision where you just didn't yeah, know? T- tw- twenty five. I okay. guess it was twenty five. Because okay. I so I. I I did, uh, yeah, four-year uh, arts degree at uh, at the University of King's College, okay. um, which I always like to say got me a great bartending job. It was uh, <laughs> where'd you bartend? Political science and Canadian studies. I worked down at the casino for a few oh, yeah? years, and actually, yeah. So I'm I'm kind of getting off track here, but oh, sorry, all, yeah, all yeah, of this yeah. to say that yeah, I, I ended up doing an internship at CTV, and uh, after my my first year, and uh, yeah, it's kind of like the the good luck and and the hard work thing. It's kind of showed up there every day with the suit and try to get there early, you know, seven o'clock roll in seven thirty. kind of, you know, it was, I was there before a lot of other people. And I, I think that people kind of noticed that. And I think I was a little, a little bit older than some other interns that had probably been in there in the past as well. And yeah. maybe a, a little more mature and uh, kind of shut my mouth and only, talk to people when I had something to contribute but I, I did get a little bit lucky as well with a couple of you know scoops and story ideas that I had in like the first week uh, I, I had a couple of connections to I guess the Nova Scotia legislature where I'd worked as a, as a page in university and I had a few friends in media and anyway I I just had a couple of really good story ideas that I was able to contribute at at the uh, the, the morning meeting and uh, that 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 kind of allowed me to be taken under the wing of, by, by a few senior reporters there and yeah I mean after that first internship uh, they asked me to stick around and report so I basically stuck around my that first uh, after that first year uh, I was halfway through the program and I got to report full-time um, you know all summer before my second year and I actually got offered like a, a job in Fredericton, uh, they wanted me to be a VJ there. What's a VJ? Uh, like a video journalist. Okay. Which is pretty much what everybody is right now at uh, at CTVN. Uh, yeah, there's been a lot of cuts, obviously, yeah. as you know. The the broad uh, the the media industry it's it's not uh, not the easiest one to to be in right now. But um, yeah, it. it uh, I decided to stick around here, and I went back to school, but continued to report full time or to continue to report on the on the on the weekends while going to school full time and yeah. still bartending three nights a week as well so it was uh that that second year of university was kind of a gong show our second year of uh, that program was kind of uh yeah kind of a gong show for me you mentioned um morning meetings when i used to work i hated morning meetings but you just said that you took pride in them and loved sharing your ideas what were those morning meetings about and how did you give me an example of where you mentioned an idea and people are like oh gareth good job wow like talk about that no well it's uh i mean they were definitely at at ctv at that time it was probably like it was it still probably is like one of the most intense things that i've been a part of they they just kind of um, the the morning meetings yeah we yeah we had uh we had the 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 assistant news director there at the time ran the meetings great guy phenomenal guy peter millette was his name he was a former reporter and uh he he became the assistant news director just a a real great guy somebody that was very good to me when i was uh when i was starting out there but in this morning meeting he was super intense and when it's basically everybody's got to give their story it's it's a it's a pitch meeting. You, oh, okay. You, so you okay. got to pitch your idea for the day. How what? many people are in the room? There, there, there were typically, uh, you know, how many reporters would be on? Probably, I mean, you're probably talking about ten people maybe in okay. that room. There's some producers, tw- a yeah. dozen people maybe, plus the the bureaus are, are on the line. Uh, you know, the the Sydney bureau, the you know, Fredericton, oh, like on the Moncton phone. Bureau, okay, exactly. yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So exactly, yeah. So uh, no, it was just it was like this super, super competitive, uh, competitive environment. Uh, you know, you you wanted to have a better idea than the next person, but but also just really intense because you didn't want to have a crappy idea either and like have somebody laugh at you. So uh, <laughs> I I that first summer that I was there, I definitely I woke up in a cold sweat at like 
two, three in the morning, like every just thinking every about ideas, night. Th- thinking about yeah, th- and and yeah, and probably having like a, a, a kind of a panic attack. Of no way. Thinking thinking about it, yeah, like it was uh, it was definitely it was intense. It was intense, but you get you get more comfortable with that kind of thing after yeah. a while, and uh, yeah, so it definitely it got it got a lot easier. Yeah. But but yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a pretty intense environment. Even like some of the reporters, I had, there were a few other reporters there that were around my age that. Um, had been doing it for a few years. He still said the same thing. So it's always, this is intense. intense. It's an intense yeah. thing. So, uh, but no, it, it, that whole experience was uh, was awesome. So yeah, I, I got. I guess I got pretty fortunate. I got. I got to go back and finish up that program while yeah. also working um, on the weekends. So, so it was cool. Yeah, that was cool. And after that, I you know I, I stuck around and, and worked uh, a couple more years there at uh, at CTV. One one more question about the sure. morning meetings. Do you remember a story that you pitched and everyone was like, "Holy shit, Garrett! That that was a great story, great pitch." Do you remember that one that? Well, I I think that you know that first week that I was there, uh, that first week I, I did have like a big pitch that uh, that Rick Grant, who is like a senior reporter. Again, another really great guy. He ended up doing the story, but it, it was just, it was a it was a political story. Okay. It was uh, yeah, it was a little bit of um, yeah, some <laughs> some greasy inner party turmoil that uh, that I, I we probably don't need to get into Those right are big now. Words. But I, I kind of yeah, I kind of <laughs> anyway, I did get a bit of a tip on on who was involved in this, and uh, and I was able to to pitch that, and yeah. Rick, Rick turned out a lot of people I think in the city knew about knew about this, but. He was kind of the only one that really went out and, and, and did the story. Cool. And uh, it was, yeah, he did, a, he did a great job on it. So have you always been a fan of hockey? Like throughout all of this going on, you're being a reporter, you're doing political stories. In the back of your mind, are you still going, you know, maybe one day I will be a broadcaster for a hockey team around here. Was that always settling in the back of your mind or, or no? Definitely, yeah. I, I, I think that, you know, there's – Especially around here, there's not a super direct route yeah. to sports casting, right? I think that I always identified that you need to you need to have some broadcasting experience, right? Yeah. Like that that for me that was always important. I felt like if I could get some broadcasting experience, build up a, a little bit of credibility, I could then go out and try to just do some play by play or or some kind of sports casting on the side like i was fully prepared to to volunteer for it and that's i mean that's kind of ultimately what happened i guess uh you know you you do have a bit of a connection to my hockey my hockey play-by-play um development and uh and and some of those early experiences my first year at nscc it was actually was like the first week we had an announcement made in one of the classes david mcdonald was looking for a PA announcer and uh, and a DJ for the Halifax Lions games. This was 2009-2010. Was I on the team? You were on the team. So I entered, No way. Yeah, and I, I so I kind of went into that thinking, you know what? Maybe I can do this for a little bit and then I'll try to convince this guy that we could try to get some play-by-play going or, or something How like that. How did I not know this? I'm embarrassed right no, now. That's crazy. It's okay. it's okay. So I just I did some of the PA announcing. I did a lot of the the DJ stuff. It's why the music was so bad at your games. <laughs> I don't even remember yeah. it, so that must mean, yeah, yeah must there we go. It's pretty bad. Um <laughs> But uh, it turned out when I got there that there was already a guy doing uh, some play-by-play. Okay. It was Bill McLean, who he interviewed me a couple times. I remember you, him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Bill, uh, I think that you had Mavs on. I'm sure Mavs talked a lot about Bill, who uh, unfortunately passed away yeah, a few years ago. But he was definitely like a, an early pioneer of uh, of webcasting and and local sportscasting. He was a huge supporter of that. So he had already been. He kind of already had the whole Halifax Lions thing taken care of, but he, I'd said, you know, if there's a few games that you're not gonna be able to make it to, I'd love yeah. to jump on there. So, I, uh, I did get to jump on to to a couple of those calls. I, I I took a buddy of mine from school who had also kind of volunteered for the PA DJ thing with with the Lions, uh, and he didn't have a great hockey background. He said, I'll try to do the play by play. And Gareth, will you do the uh, will you do the color commentary? So uh, we we gave that a try. He really struggled the first period. I probably was not uh, a great analyst either, but I I did my best. I'm sure we were we were both pretty nervous. But he basically after the first period, he said, "I'm not 
this is not for me. He I just knew it. I can't do this. So so I stuck around. I, I did it by myself the rest of the game. And I was like, you know what? This uh, I, I'm sure the second period wasn't great. But by the third, you kind of get a little bit of uh, yeah. of a flow going. And, um, yeah, so David ended up actually asking me to do a couple more tournaments. I think we did the 2010 Atlantic Major Midget Tournament uh, out, yeah. at, uh, out in St. Margaret's Bay, which uh, was – was a blast. I think if you're starting out, that's a great way to do it, right? Just to, you don't really have time to sit there and think about the game you just did. You jump onto the next one, and as you're going, you're doing a tournament. You're doing four four games in a day, five games in a day. Me and dudes did the Ice Jam the past right. two years. Right. That's how we're learning. Yeah, and the more you do it, the more comfortable you get with it. I think yeah. it's like anything. The more yeah. reps you get in, uh, you get a little bit more comfortable with it. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, so that was, uh, yeah, that, I guess that was kind of, uh, kind of how I, I got my, my start doing play by play. And, uh, I did it, uh, at a few of those tournaments. I did an, an Irving oil challenge cup, the major yep. Bantam, yep. major U15, uh, uh, Atlantic tournament with, with John Moore. And, uh, yeah. And then I ended up doing bit of the shipbuilders i think that next season 2012 oh yeah they changed their name they, yeah yeah they yeah went over to the sportsplex and the marauders you ever do the marauders i, I think they yeah, at one point they were the marauders as well there's yeah. pretty much a new name i think every uh <laughs> every season it was great for the play. fans <laughs> but, buying yeah just but, to keep up but if uh, there were any fans yeah the, <laughs> the, the attendance was was a little rough there at times but um yeah yeah, yeah so that's that's basically how i got my start do you still get nerves from, you know, that you said like the first time you ever did it, you know, you're a little nervous, a little hesitant. If let's say you do a game next year, do you still get a little nervous right before? Like right before you came here, I was a little, all right, get ready, Justin. Gareth is coming. Yeah, you're going to have a little, conversation. I was a little nervous before this. But that's how, that's, uh, sure. we're performers at the end of the day. You know, we're performing. And before you perform, you, there's a little, a little tense moment where you got to go, okay, get ready. You're a pro, show up, do what you're supposed to be doing. Do you still have that same feeling today? Uh, I think that. I think before any any broadcast uh, of of any kind, I think that there's always probably like a little bit of nerves when it comes to prep. Right? Okay, like you're like, did I did I get enough prep done? You know, like that. I I generally feel like once the puck drops, like so there's like a big difference for for me between doing like the home games and the away games. I oh. find like the home games are like they can be a lot more intense because there's like the pregame show. You got to put together like a, a 30-minute pregame show before each uh, before each broadcast. Oh, like talk to a healthy scratch or something? Or yeah, like a, yeah, it's just, I mean, okay. it's, it can be like that. It's just, there, it, you know, it, as we've talked about before, the, I love doing the Mooseheads thing. It's This is a, a dream opportunity, but I've got a full-time job as well, right? I work with I work with Hockey Nova Scotia. I've got two kids at home. It's tough to, to find the time sometimes to, to get all the prep done that you'd like for some of these games, right? And so I think that there's always probably a slight bit of nerves about that. But, uh, yeah, generally, once I get through the pregame show, once you get that intro out of the way and, and the puck is dropped, then things definitely become a lot more easier. And you get more comfortable with it as well. My, my first year, I was definitely pretty nervous because I like junior hockey a lot. You know, I, I love it. But the year before I started, uh, you know, that was my first daughter was born that year. Uh, I, I didn't get to a ton of games, and I didn't follow the league probably as, as close as I would have liked in in, uh, in a couple of years leading up to that. So so you got a lot of catching up to do, and, and I think you generally, at least for me, I, I didn't feel totally comfortable until I saw, like, every team. You see every team, and you see every yeah. team like once or twice, and you just get a feel for for the names. Because another thing with this, obviously, it's the it's the Q League. There's a lot of French names, Bay, so a, we, lot, a lot we. of a lot of yes. uh, so so yeah. So you know you don't you don't have like a, a lot of background uh, on some of these guys, and and plus the the whole uh, pronunciation of some of the names <laughs> that can that can definitely complicate things. But uh, yeah, I mean, right now, no. If you were to throw me in. You know, down at the Scotiabank Center right now, we had a call a game. I'd have a blast doing it. Yeah. I think it would be it would be a lot of fun because I think you've got after doing it as three seasons now. There's I think there's a certain comfort level that uh, that comes with that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I wanted to ask you about the very beginning with challenges at the beginning, 
any challenges or did it come natural? You said the guy, when you did the Lions, he kind of quit after the first period because he said it wasn't for him. When you did that first period, did you notice anything that you needed to work on? Because obviously there was some comfortability level because you, well, you're still doing it. But at the very beginning, was there any challenges? You know, me and dudes talk about it. The, um, the in-between whistle banter. You know, it's great to call the game because you can tell what's going on. Passes up to the wing, shoot, scores. Okay, that's offside. But in between the whistles, we challenged, we, we, we struggled with conversation. Anything like that that you, you struggled with? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, honestly, like with in the early early days of doing some of those minor hockey tournaments, it just, it, it did feel kind of kind of naturally. And I got kind of natural. And I guess I, I did a few I had a couple of different arrangements. I mean, there were times when there was a color guy. There was a lot of times I think I did some of those games completely by myself. And uh, no, I th- I think that's why I stuck with it. Like it it did seem to come pretty naturally. pretty naturally. And uh, and I, there were there was definitely there was a, a comfort level uh, from the beginning. Just you know, you, it it almost like it it almost becomes intoxicating doing it. Like it just, it becomes fun, right? You yeah. want to keep doing it. And that, for me, that's what it was. It was like, this is the thing that I really enjoy. Like I, 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 I love being at the rink. Yeah. I, I love watching hockey. I, I love calling these games. It's uh yeah, it was, it was fun. It was, it was fun for me. Um, post game stories or post game shows. Do you have a post game show? Uh, we do. I remember when we, I was younger, I'd be do. in the car, there'd be like an interview on the radio on the drive home. Yeah, it, we try to get a, a a coach up anyway. I we've never we have not yet opened up the lines. I think at one point we said, "Hey, let's try to get some callers on here." There were there were a few issues with the board, and that's the way it used to be. But I kind of I'll be honest, I got a little nervous about that, right? Like I I got a little bit nervous like about opening up the phone lines, and it's am I gonna have some? Oh. Am I gonna have? Yeah, Rick from Porter's Lake ripping one of the you know sixteen year old kid. I so I was I'll be honest. I w- I was slightly nervous about it. I think it's something that we will try to do in the future. I think that there's got to be some stru- some structure to yeah. uh, to the show. But uh, you know, I, I think that you get people speaking to a, a question. I think uh, you you ask a question, you get somebody to kind of address that as opposed to hearing. Uh, yeah, you know. Yeah. Section 22's thoughts on, uh, you know, on the play of a, a rookie defenseman who's turned the puck over a few times. So, um, I wanted to ask, I had a great question. Oh, yeah. What year did you start? Uh, with the Musa? Yeah. Uh, 2017. 2017. Yeah. Where do you sit? Because I remember at the Mem Cup, I was looking for you and I couldn't find you. We, uh, so John, uh, John Moore used to have his uh, his booth was down in like the corner. It was down by yeah, like, I know the, the booth. Yeah, the the healthy scratches. Yeah, Which I was you, there. You, I sat there a couple times. Yeah, I was waiting for you to yeah. say that. You know that area quite yeah. well. Are you, are you making fun of me right no, now? No, of course not. I would never do that. I but was you, a good hockey player. Now, you okay. were, I, I called the Lions games. I know that. All right, I know that. I put the puck in the net. You did put the puck right. in the net. So that was so. Are we gonna have a problem? <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story about Bobby because yeah. Bobby was coaching back right. then. So same similar story to you. When you went to CTV, you were the first guy on the ice, last guy to leave type yeah. thing. Well, when the Mooseheads practiced at the Metro Center back then, there was no one on the ice before. Yeah. It was wide open. So I always made sure I was the first guy on the ice. But the night before, I played really well, but I probably only had four minutes of ice time. And Bobby came up to me when I was the only one on the ice, and he goes, Justin, I'm sorry I didn't play you much more. You played really good in those couple of minutes you were on the ice. Next game, I'll, I'll try to get you in. But that next game, I actually got sent down, so it never happened. But same similar story to you. Showed up early. And nonetheless, I was just pumped to put the gear on, the green helmet, the pants, and all that mm, stuff, you know? Absolutely. You're a local guy, too. I mean, that's huge. Like, oh, yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um, no, I, I mean, yeah, so that was – Johnny's spot was right down there, and uh, yeah. it was right in that spot, But which, which was – it's an odd location, right, in yeah. terms of calling a game. Like, you're calling it north-south. It's, uh, it's, it's not a conventional yeah. – like, a more conventional – press boxes are kind of center ice, right? You're right over top. So like you're right this. in the middle. Exactly. Yeah. So if this you're was right, the rank, you're right here. You're okay. Right yeah. Here in the period yeah. bottle, right? <laughs> so that's, uh, that's, that's the typical location, but yeah, Johnny was down here in yellow notepad land yeah. uh, in this corner 
and uh, and yeah, so I I started. I did the, the first couple months down there, and it uh, it it wasn't it wasn't great. I I didn't I didn't love that spot. I wasn't uh, I definitely wasn't married to that spot. So uh, I asked if we could move, and, and we basically we did move up. We moved up top um, where we are kind of right around the Perrier bottle now. Where, but that's where, where the sky boxes are. We're above those. There's a spot up top. It's kind of. Uh, yeah, you're 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 way up. You're like a, just a level, oh, yeah? a level above. And uh, no, it's a, it's a great location. Awesome, awesome spot. I actually I did kind of I am kind of on my third location. I got moved to a new little spot for the Memorial Cup. We just decided to to stay in there because because it is uh, it's kind of our own spot. Before we had a we had to share it with some Q League uh, officials and and uh, Ray Bradshaw who does the the video for. For the league, he, yeah. he was in there, and there was there was a lot going on. But okay. now we're in kind of a, a a little spot that it's got a few. There are a couple of visual uh, obstacles to to look around. There's a few big beams that go right across uh, uh, the neutral zone, right around the red line. Yeah. Um, so there there are a couple of things that you have to poke your head around, and also it was probably about minus uh, minus 40 up there when i started just there's like the uh, there's a vent overhead that was just it's like basically it was like being in a meat locker but is it loud like does it go into the mics no it just it blows uh it's you're like a polar vortex uh, <laughs> just, just you're wearing your peacoat up there yeah big time so anyway it, it, but it it's a, it's a great location they, the vent was fixed, and uh, and we're good to go. How does it go when you want requests up there? Like you said, you were in Johnny's box, but then you want it to be dead center. Who do you ask, or do you just move and wait till someone says, well, what are you doing? I try to do, like, a lot of the interviews. I get them pre-recorded. Yeah. Like, a lot of stuff I just try to get pre-recorded because it is – it's tough to try to get somebody up there. We tried to – back in, in November, I think it was. I don't know if you recall this. Uh, Eddie Shore – the late Eddie Shore who just passed away a few weeks ago. Or sorry, sorry, Eddie Shore, Eddie Shack. I, Shack, I follow yeah. Eddie Shack. Uh was was um was in town promoting the book. That that would have been a miracle though if Eddie Shore was around as well. That uh anyway. Ken Ken Reed <laughs> would have been. Ken, it would have been. Ken Reed uh had written the book with Eddie Shack and uh he was in town, he was promoting the book and and uh Eddie was Certainly, by this point, uh, much uh, he he'd seen he'd seen a lot. So yeah. he, he was uh, he was no spring chicken. So uh, we I tried to get him up. He, I I I actually thought about interviewing him before the game. Like we went down, I was going to do a pre-record, and his his uh, the agent, the guy that was helping him out, and Eddie said, "No, no, no, don't worry. We'll do it during the intermission. It's fine. We don't need to do it now." And I said, "It's a bit of a hike up there." So we, <laughs> he said, "No, no, it'll be fine." So we we met up after the the second period. I went down to get him, and uh, and yeah, Eddie. We did not make it up in time. That's that's for sure. It was it was quite a hike. At one point, I just, I just said, uh, "You know what? Don't worry about it. Let's." Let's just pre-record a quick one right now that I can use some other time. So that's you know, hilarious. It was it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. They had a pretty good laugh about it. They had a good sense of humor, but it was pretty comical. That's amazing. Yeah. He didn't get up in time. Did he, why didn't up. you just take the elevator? Like even no, still? no, no. We were just trying to walk around the press box. Oh, like, okay. So you're saying it's like we even want yeah. you to get to the end. We we got to the we got to the healthy scratches and yeah, and that's where we ended up just doing the interview because oh. it, it was still. There was a lot of real estate to cover after that. You're telling all the boys to move. All right, boys, get over here. Yeah, exactly. We got to do the interview. Yeah. Nonetheless, right. even if he did take the elevator, it is a slow elevator, so that oh, still might not have absolutely. even helped. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, that moves at a glacial pace. Oh, it's terrible. It's not fast. And then you got to compete with the catering crew too, and the food is important. No, the, absolutely. The, speaking of food, do you guys get food up up in the press box there? No. Up, no. no? That's, that's probably. No, we 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 there are, there is food in the press box, but we are kind of on a different level there. We're up so high that it's yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, I'd I'd be like uh, Mr. Shack. I would not uh, probably wouldn't get back in time uh, a lot of the time if I tried to get down there. Mavs was saying that Eddie he loved food during I don't know was it I might be mixing stories up. I won't say it just in case I mess it up, okay. but nonetheless. Um, when it comes to, I guess, we're, like we had this conversation with Willie Paloff about getting too close to the players and keeping your distance because sometimes you have to say not harsh things, but you have to tell the truth. Do you ever think about that, about 
you know, keeping your distance from the players because you're traveling with them all the time. Like you go to road games, correct? Am I wrong when I say that? Yeah, yeah. I'm no, right. We do that. You think? Do you do you ever think about that, or are you just Gareth McDonald and you go through life as it is and whatever happens happens type thing? Yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, I think these are. They're kids, and I, th- I think you want to have you want to have a good relationship with everybody, though. I mean, that Absolutely. goes. You know, there's a lot of good people that that work with the Mooseheads. So there's a lot of good kids on the team, right? I mean, I think you look at that entire organization, top to bottom, just good people, right? And I think that that kind of extends to uh, extends to the players as well. So, no, I, I've definitely, you know, I there are guys, like, especially when I started out. Like, if you look back to my first season, we had players like Jarrett McIsaac, Walter Flower, Ben Higgins. <laughs> just players it through my time with hockey nova scotia i knew a lot of these kids since they were 13 years old in in a lot of cases right so there there were especially with like the nova scotia guys there's relationships there that already existed and i mean i'm I'm pretty easy going i try to i try to get along with most people so i i think i had you know i had some good relationships i think with the players um but at the same time, you're going to call the game objectively. I don't want to ever bury anybody, though. Even if a kid turns it over five times in the, yeah. the same shift, you know, you're not yeah. rough night for him right now. But it's like you, you're not going to, you're not going to. What's he doing t- here? Get him out of here. Exactly. Trade him. That's yeah. not yeah. exactly my style. So yeah. I think that, uh, yeah, I try, you try. You're going to remain objective. Uh, that's what I try to do, certainly with everything. But yeah, at the same time, I mean, I, I think I'm never going to bury a kid and it doesn't matter what team they play on so uh yeah i think that i've definitely i've, I've got some good relationships i think with people in the mooseheads throughout the organization wicked i'm, I'm gonna make you bury a rink though Uh-oh. where's the worst rink in the queue to call oh, a game man i'm not gonna be able to to get back there <laughs> they're not gonna let you in no i mean there's uh, i don't know if there's a a worst uh a worst <laughs> a worst rink um there's, I think there are some ranks that present more challenges than others. Uh, in what sense? Like a pole? Yeah. The, 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 well, Cape Breton's definitely got right in the, the, the spot that they set up the uh, the away broadcaster at Center 200. There's definitely a pretty good a pretty good beam that that goes right. <laughs> but I, as I said, now I, I kind of have something similar at uh, at the Scotiabank Center, so I, I can't complain too much uh, about that. But. Um, yeah, there's just I mean there there are some weird spots. There's uh there's Bacamo. Bacamo is kind of a tough one. I feel like people Every have time. said that before. It's just it's players, uh, coaches and now broadcasters yeah, have all said Bacamo. I don't I don't mind it. Like I don't I I like the like the rinket. The the rink itself isn't uh isn't bad. The the whole broadcasting experience can be slightly awkward. I guess that's why I'm saying it cuz it's kind of like this little cement box that you're basically this little concrete box that you're that in Bacamo you're in, in Bacamo yeah. it's got you know there's like the little the window thing comes up you're basically in the crowd you've got you know folks right in front of you there's not a whole lot of English being spoken so you you, you stick out but they can hear every word you're just you're almost like right on top I've got somebody like right here basically right oh yeah and uh yeah and so they're you know they're turning around they're looking at you and it, it can uh it could definitely be a little bit awkward, I think. Why? Uh, it's just because you're saying something about yeah, Bakemo and well, they hear. It's just, and it's just people. You know, you're trying to trying to do a job, and people are just kind of like turning up. around, looking up, and and staring at you. And uh, yeah, it's like, I mean, that we had a the Moose played. Uh, you know, they had a five game playoff series with uh, with Bakemo back in my first season so it was a lot of fun like those first few games the atmosphere in there is un- like it was it was unbelievable like they they, they had the, the 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 air horns out and it the was cowbell. pretty pretty raucous but i remember by by game five the moose went up they took a lead and and that's where it got awkward i guess that's why I, this just jumps out to me because it's it felt like a funeral like in the, like the first period we're like 10 minutes into the first period and there's just you could hear a pin drop in the place, uh, and and that's that's what I'm saying. It's like it's a little bit awkward. You're yelling out English saying. stuff, and and uh, yeah, it's it's tough. I think it's tough probably to stay super enthusiastic uh, about everything just because the whole atmosphere. Yeah. It's, it's like, we're it's killing like, them. This is yeah, the best game ever. We're dominating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got just people looking up at you, and it's uh, it's strange. It was a, a, definitely a strange experience. That's 
Yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah. yeah it's all part of the job. So they goes, probably don't understand anyway. Most of the territory. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of folks do. That's what I, I find. I find most people do understand. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I heard the poutine on that ferry ride is one of the best poutines in Canada. Is that true? Can you test to that? The poutine on the ferry ride to Bakemo? I have not had the poutine. I, we only took the ferry, I think, once. It was back in, in my first year, and, uh, and I, I didn't get it. But I, I think I heard good things, so, so oh, I, I apologize. I, Listen, I will report back in a couple of years once this team's able to travel back into back into Quebec. Yeah. I'll keep you posted. Yeah, it's going to be a weird year. It, it's going to be a different year. At least you'll know the names. Oh. Some most of them, like you're cutting half Absolutely. the teams. Yeah. And you just, just... You're dealing with a third of the teams, right? Which at the end of the third, day, yeah, it's yeah. not it's not as uh, it's not as wild as it as it sounds. I mean, those teams from Quebec, we we only see them, you know, the, you only see them uh, twice, basically, right? Like yeah. it, it's it's twenty four games. The rest are against the teams from the Maritime. So you remove eight games now for a sixty game schedule. Yeah, not a whole not a whole lot has changed, right? Yeah. It's not it's not. It's not super different than, than yeah. other years, right? Although those, I think those road trips are obviously they're they're big for bonding and uh, huge, yeah, and they're fun. Yeah, just being a sixteen-year-old kid on a bus with all your teammates—it's no, a great absolutely. time. You do whatever absolutely. you want. Have yeah, fun. I mean, you look back to the way the Moose started the season back in uh, twenty eighteen, that Memorial Cup year. They had fifteen straight games on the road to to start the year, right? Really? So why was that? The renovations at, uh, at oh, the, the Scotia Bank. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, it 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 seemed seemed to work. I think they went they went twelve and three to start this season. Wow, on the road, on the road entirely. Yeah, such a great little, uh, just a great year that was. It, it sucks the way it ended with the Mem Cup there, but just a great team, a lot of fun that year. Yeah, no, it had I mean, it had hints of the two thousand and thirteen Mem Cup run. You know, it just it felt that way a little, even though there wasn't those two big all stars yeah. with Drouin. And McKinnon, it just it was just a great team. It was fun to watch, watching a lot of these prospects come together and play well. It was cool. Yeah, it was. I mean, there were definitely there were some pretty good ups and downs. So I think that that 2013. Team well, yeah, okay, that's fair. That's that, fair because you were probably around for that opening round series against Quebec. That was uh, that was pretty intense. Like what what year? Sorry, this, this is the the Memorial Cup year. Like, oh, okay, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. This most recent, uh, yeah, 2019 where. I mean, they lost the first two games of that series at home and then had to go to the Videotron Center to play three straight on the road, right? <laughs> like, it it was tough. It was, uh, you know, I think that – but that's – I mean, yeah, you talk about going on the road, and that helps a, a team bond. Definitely, a, I think, an experience like that yeah. in the playoffs where you face that adversity. It seems like every time there's a team that, that wins, uh, you know, the Stanley Cup, that there's always one of those – stories you know yeah look at the capitals back in 2018 where lost the first two games of that series and we're in overtime in game three and lars eller scores and the rest is history it's kind of kind of uh, i'm sure a lot of people would have hoped that that's that's what have that that's what would have happened that could have been the leaf story this year after that comeback you a leafs guy not a leafs guy i'm I'm not i'm kind of like a i'm like the the un kind of just a neutral (laughs) observer you know I, I i watch a lot of hockey but uh um yeah I, I don't i don't think there's a team that i really cheer for i was uh kind of pro habs i guess I, i'm from port hood so oh are you? yeah okay. so i'm was a big al mcginnis guy watched a lot of st louis blues hockey growing up yeah yeah um, yeah so but yeah if there's hey if it's on i'll watch it what do you think old port hood probably one of my the the best ice surfaces i've ever played on at that al mcginnis rink it's called isn't it sports center yeah one of the best ice surfaces i've ever played on i remember it was the third period at the end of the third period and the ice was still still make a crisp pass along the ice i love that place it's great fantastic ice there freezing yeah it's a but it's not warm but still fun to play a game of hockey there yeah no it's a it's a great spot and they they love their hockey too. Uh, I mean, what a, what a story the the Islanders were. Cape Breton West a, a few years ago, just an yeah. unbelievable story. They play it out of there and they'll pack that place. I mean, yeah. that, I think there was thirty eight kids at uh, at tryouts for wow. that team, and you know wow. they go on to 
become the first team from Atlanta, Canada to win the, the national championship. Just uh, an unbelievable story. What was it like growing up in Port Hood? Uh, a lot of hockey. <laughs> it's <laughs> A lot of hockey, a lot of Tim Hortons. <laughs> yeah, no, no Tim Hortons. We don't have a Tim. No Tims out there. No Tims, no. We didn't. Uh, there's We had the co-op and uh, the Fisherman's Co-op, which is where you get your seafood. Uh, there was a home hardware. There's not a lot going on in Port Hood. Um, we had a lot of seasonal restaurants. It's like they're they're open for the tourists in the summer, and uh, yeah, it's uh, you know it. You had to find something to do, and I think that for me, that's probably where the the passion and you know, love of hockey kind of yeah the, where it comes from. You know, it's it's something that definitely it gives you something to talk about i think with you know relatives and and, and buddies for sure but yeah I, I guess i you know i just i did i played a, a lot of hockey growing up whenever i could uh, try to get out in the pond when you could i was going to say cuz how many rinks are out there yeah i mean well we have that one but obviously the the Almaguna sports center there I, I guess per capita if you look at it in Inverness county there were quite a few rinks i mean there's a rink in there's a rink in Port Hood. There was a rink in Mabu. There's a rink in Inverness. Oh, okay, I mean, okay. there are there are quite a few rinks uh, up that way. So, um, yeah, I mean, school's canceled. I try to be the one of the first guys down there at uh, at at free ice. You know, we we go down <laughs> and uh, you spend the day. There was nothing better than that. Just playing a little bit of pickup with with your buddies down at uh, at free ice. Yeah, was yeah. it tough leaving there to move to the city in order to chase a career? Um. No, I, 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 not really. No, not really for me. There's a lot of people that I mean, they, they, they have this super attachment. I, I love going home to to Port Hood. It's, uh, you know, I love being back in Cape Breton. But uh, at at the same time, it's, uh, yeah. I guess I, you know, I, I was I was okay with the move. For me, it, it seemed like a, a necessary thing to do. Yeah. Like you said, to, to get into the industry that you want to get. It's yeah. kind of always, uh, always accept that that's something that that you're going to have to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, but when I remember when I was there, it was just a great time. Different, but I was happy. I was, I could say I've been to Port Hood, just a place I'm happy to say I attended, Absolutely. played hockey in. It was really cool. Absolutely. Um, what do you think about the bubble right now? I think the quality of hockey is unbelievable. Shout out to Matthew Highmore, who, who's playing very, very well. He's earning his two-year contract that he just signed. Um, what do you think about the pace and, and, and the play and the overall bubble system? I think it's great. I mean, it's phenomenal. You look at the job the the NHL has done. You look at uh, you look at the buy-in from from the teams. I mean, no no positive cases yet. Uh, that's something. You know, I mean, that's that's unbelievable to see, right? That's that's great to see. And uh, again, obviously, there is a commitment there. I think there's probably a few lessons that the the queue and the kids that are hoping yep. to come back from the queue uh, are, are hoping to earn spots in queue teams. Hopefully, you. you they take some of those lessons as well. You see the buy-in, um, you know, the physical distancing, the the wearing of of the masks, and, and all of this stuff. It's uh, no, it's awesome. So, so the 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 off-ice stuff's obviously working, and on the ice, I mean, with the piped-in crowd noise, I don't notice a difference. I, I really don't. Like, I I think the hockey's been fantastic. You see the comment from uh, Tuka Rask just about how he kind of felt like. It was an exhibit. It felt like exhibition. I, I think he probably had some other things going on that uh, were taking his attention away from the games at hand. Because I, I think for anyone watching, hockey's been phenomenal, Unreal. really good, and Overtime. it's awesome to see. Like you said, for for Matt Highmore to be doing what he's doing, that's uh, yeah, great, great little story for sure. It must be cool for you to see these guys in the queue one day, and then the next thing you know, boom, playing for the Chicago Blackhawks. Just seeing the progress of a player go from junior to pro. You know, it must be cool for a guy like you who just gets to watch it for a living. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think Matt had actually just finished up with the Sea Dogs right before I started. But, okay. But like you said, though, I mean, there's obviously a lot of other examples, too. I mean, my first year it was, uh, you know, Philip Zadina was the big story here in Halifax and uh, finally got his his uh, opportunity this year with, with the Red Wings, kind of became a bit of a, a regular in the, the second half of the year and, he put up some great numbers, so it's it's really cool. I mean, it's awesome to see these kids. You see it in the queue. You get to see a kid come in at, at 16. Obviously, that wasn't the case with Sedina, but the local guys, you see them come in young. You see them grow, and they develop on the ice, but they grow and mature off the ice as well. So it's really cool to, to see that progression. And uh, 
for the really special ones uh, that make it to the next le- that next level, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 awesome. Yeah, it's really awesome. It's going to be exciting for the NHL draft coming up this year. There's tons of guys here in the Maritimes that that have been playing, like Baron uh, Francis from Cape Breton. I can go; the names can go on and on. But just seeing where they land and seeing, hopefully, they're on the East Coast, so we get to see them. It'll yeah. uh, it'll be cool to see to see what happens. No, absolutely. I mean, Justin Barron's such a such a great story. I mean, we talk about you know, I just talked about guys coming in who you get to watch mature and grow into. Uh, you know, basically, they you know you get to see them grow from boy to to man right there during that time with the team. Baron is one of those guys. He came in at fifteen and basically from the time he got there handled himself like a thirty-five year old. All right, like he's a, just such a pro, such a a veteran. Uh, you know, just a, a mature kid. I think that you know whatever whatever team ends up getting him, they're just. They're getting just an unbelievable person and definitely just a super talented player too. I think that that was the most disappointing part about his injury this year. Missed so much time with, with the blood clot. Came back at the end of February, right right before COVID shut everything down, but had a, a few weeks there where just the way he moves on the ice, it was it was like just his skating, uh, unbelievable. Like yeah. just seeing him like rush the puck end to end it was just a side of a side of baron I, I think that we we hadn't really had an opportunity to see over the last couple of years obviously uh, the body's maturing you're you're growing you're getting stronger but um it was kind of there were certainly some other guys in the on the back end that maybe at times had a a spot a little higher in the lineup he might have found himself down a, a little bit but this year obviously he was the he was the main guy he's going to be the captain of this team uh, he was, uh, yeah, just uh, phenomenal to watch, and it was just disappointing that he ended up missing as as much time as he did with World Juniors with that too. Blood well, there you go. Yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens this year. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. this year because he, he'll be nineteen this year. Is, yeah, exactly. so he'll be the captain of, of the Moose. Well, this yeah. year. Oh, I'd say definitely. Unless yeah, he doesn't crack a squad, who knows? I mean, he, like who was on the other day? Uh, Liam O'Brien was on here the other day, and he doesn't, he doesn't play with any players from around here. And he was just happened to be on the ice with Baron the other day, and he said, "Wow, he's just like this guy's a player. He's gonna play. He's gonna be a regular in the NHL in a couple of years." That's yeah. what he said. And there was some good guys out on the ice with him the other day. Right. So for him to say that about Justin, we'll see. It's exciting times, though. Very exciting times. When is the draft? You know, it, it's it's. I I think it's uh, yeah. I don't know the exact date. I think it's sometime in October. Like it'll. I think it's after. It'll be after the cup is awarded. Okay. I think. Yeah, and, so. and then the queue, they set a date. You tweeted something out October. Well, I think August August 30th, yeah, is training camps. That's when they're hoping to get those up and running. And, yeah, they're still looking at October 1st. October 1st, as, okay. Uh, yeah, as, as the return date. The Western League, the Ontario League right now, it doesn't sound like they're going to be back until uh, December 1st. But, uh, yeah, the Q's going to try to get in there early, and I, I guess it gives them a little bit of wiggle room in, in case, uh, you know, God forbid, any issues do arise, which, yeah. uh, which again, we, we hope everybody buys in and that this all goes off with, without a hitch. But uh, they've given themselves a, a, a little bit of time there in case, uh, in case there's anything that needs to be sorted out with the schedule. Awesome. All right, Gareth, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, hopefully you can come back throughout the year if you're not too busy. Um, last minute of the podcast is yours. If you want to thank anyone, floor is yours. No, thanks. Uh, hey, thanks for having me. This, uh, oh, this has been, this has been fun. This has been fun. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't have a whole lot more to add, I guess. You, you, you put me on the spot here. So, uh, no, it's, thanks for having me in here. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed it. Maybe we'll do it again. I hope so. All right. Everyone listening. Thank you very much for tuning in. Enjoy the summer. I don't even know what the date is today. August 17th, summer's going to be over, over before you know it. So get out there, have fun, stay safe. We're out. Peace. Every day 
But yo, I gotta stop when you drop my weight. If I was working at the club, you would not pay. Ayo, my man Fife Diggy, he got something to say. I like him brown, yellow, Puerto Rican, and Haitian. Mm. Name is Fife Dog from the Zulu Nation. Told you in the jam that we could get down. Now let's knock the boots like the group H-Town. You got BBD all on your bedroom wall. But I'm above the rim and this is how I bore. A gritty little something on the New York street. This is how I represent over this here beat. Talking about you. Yo, I took you out. But sex was on my mind for the whole damn route. My mind was in a frenzy in a horny state. But I couldn't drop down because you couldn't relate. You couldn't relate. My mama and I'll be your boy. Original road boy, never am I coy. You could be a shorty in my ill convoy. Not to come across as a thug or a hood. But hun, you got the goods like Madeline Wood. By the way, my name's Malik, the five foot freak. They say we get together by the end of the week. She simply said no, label me a. I said, how you figure? My friends tell me so. I hate when silly groupies wanna run the yap. Word to God, hun, I don't get down like that. I have you weak in the knees that you can hardly speak. Or we could do like Uncle Ella swinging up in my jeep. Keep it on the down, yo, we keep it discreet. See, I'm not the type of kid to have my biz in the streets. If my mom don't approve, then I'll just elope. Let me save the little man from inside the boat. Let me hit it from the back, girl, I won't catch a hernia. Off on your couch, now you got Siemens furniture. Shy, he fight for the extra P. Stacy Beetle, PJ, and my man LG. They know the abstract is really so on ice. The character is of man, never ever a mice. Shorty, let me tell you about my only vice. It has to do with lots of loving, and it ain't nothing nice. Yourself, girl, please set to air. Relax 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 yourself, girl, please set